I got into this because I'd had enough. I was fed up, but I got to put my words into action because I felt that at that moment when I spoke to the Board of Supervisors, there was millions of people listening. As I've sort of become a leader in this movement, I've realized that people want nothing more than to get on board to get their freedom back. If my voice gets heard and helps people, then this has all been well worth it. If my kids have a better America to live in, then this is absolutely worth it. I really don't like this stuff. I never wanted to be part of a production or a movie or, you know, I'd rather be out in the fields fighting somebody. This is the way that we fight. If this is the way that we inspire uh, people to move forward and, and to come on board with us, you know, for the win, then I'll be here. So. My fellow Americans. It is time to take our freedom back. Everybody's looking at me like I'm the guy to introduce everybody. You always do it. You know? <laughs> Usually switch back and forth. Yeah. 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 I think whoever made the invite should do the introduction. All right. Me well, too. today we have Kimberly Volmers, who was I uh, just met recently. So we're going to, this is like legit first getting to know each other, who's running for District 1. So thank you for coming on, first of all. It's an honor to have all the candidates come on so that we can hear more from you. That's what people want is to hear more of everybody's story. So... Just stay nice and close to that mic so everybody can hear you, and we'll hear lots of uh, what's going on in your world, what it's like to be running in this uh, race. Now why in the world would you want to be running for office? Yeah. Right now? Well, it's tell, tell, let's hear about her a little bit yeah, first. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. So, Right. Oh, hear about me. Yes. So yeah. I am a wife. I've been married to my husband since 2010, and his name is Cody. And we have four daughters, eight years old, seven years old, Thanks. Four <laughs> years old and an eight-month-old baby. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a busy house. Um, <laughs> so my husband does traffic. He's a traffic foreman, so he travels all throughout the state uh, working. Um, so that keeps us busy and kind of fractured. It's a, it's a strange dynamic for a family, a growing family especially. So he's on the road for yeah. most of the time. Yeah. You have four kids yeah. at home. Yeah. So um, it's just been the dynamic of our family, and people sometimes are like, what? And it's just what we know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what works. Yeah. And yeah. we homeschool. So a lot of the stuff that happened in the last couple of years that a lot of people were shook by, it had nothing to do with our life. Yeah. So um, I have a different perspective, and I have a different, I would say, uh, posture toward it and about it because I was not in a realm of dependency in mm -hmm. so many ways. So, um, yeah, I am a creative type of person. I'm a very driven, um, passionate person, I guess I would say. It's kind of hard just to sporadically generally say who I am. What, what, yeah. what drives you? Where, where's yeah. that enthusiasm come from? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I just, my mom always said, like, when I stood in line for tenacity, like, I got in line twice <laughs> um, because there's just a thing about me that if I think something is worthwhile, I will not quit. So, um, just the same as motherhood. Like, once I decide to do something, it, it is all that I focus on. So, it's hard to talk about the political arena here in Shasta County without talking about COVID and what we've been yeah. through over the last couple of years. You know, I think it's what kind of got a lot of people into this arena, into the conversation, if you will. Um, is this what sort of drove you into it or, or no. it had nothing to do with it at all? So, so, so what is it for you that? It's been about a decade because of, of medical freedom in our yeah. state. And so when I became a mother and those decisions now are not only upon your own autonomy, but someone that you create. So it changed for me for um, advocacy, not just for myself, but as soon as I started to educate myself, it turned into educating others. So um, a lot of things that I watched with COVID here is that uh, a lot of people were definitely not paying attention. They had a lot of trust in the wrong places. And so they didn't really think that they had to protect themselves. But I witnessed since uh, 2015 a lot of people were not paying attention to what was going on in the state. Everything that had happened in those years before COVID was being set up on purpose so that mm -hmm. they could take away rights and so that you didn't have any rights. Yeah. So um, as we were opposing bills going through the legislature, uh, a lot of people were thinking that you're nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody does that. And everybody, you have a choice. You have a choice. You have, you had a choice. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I was doing that. I used to do workshops educating parents on informed consent because I took a class online from a, a health institute that walked you through the history of vaccination and um, every single side effect in the way that they affect the human body. Oh, there's my alarm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only sound that goes off on my phone. Sorry. About That's that. okay. No um, so the fact that so many people have always thought that they had a choice while I was watching that we were losing our choices over time. Mm -hmm. So I have been participating. I started going to the Capitol in 2000, I would say early 2019 because of the bills going through. And when you get that close to the fire, you walk into the Capitol, it literally feels evil. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. And so when you know that there's such a lack of balance there, you know mm -hmm. that the majority of people in this state are not being heard, at least the North state. Sure. So lack of representation. That's yeah. kind of what, that's one of my big, my yeah. big fires in my belly. It's catastrophic. You know, it's like we, oh man. And so a lot of people have that to say, and then they think it's only because you might be conservative that you have that to say, but truly any person in America that believes in the constitution would be worried to see such a imbalance. Well, and just, yeah. we talk about this all the time, how we've gotten to this left versus right, conservative versus liberal, where it should just be constitutional. Yeah. So why should we be fighting over the Constitution? There should be no fight over it. In fact, look, this is our bedrock. You know, this is our bottom line here. And then from there, we can have our disputes and our arguments and our conversations. That's fine. But why is it that the right wants to uphold the Constitution and the left wants to tear it down? Yeah. It shouldn't be that way at all. But that's where we find ourselves today. That's why we've been fighting so hard. Say, so, hey, look, we hate to be aligned with either political party. That's not my aim at all, but I certainly am going to align with a group of the people that are headed in the direction of upholding the Constitution. Yeah. And that's being eroded, as you've seen. So you were ahead of this. You were ahead of our time, really, you know, because we got into this deal when the COVID pandemic 
quote unquote, the, the medical freedom hit, thing you know? was we were on that same path yeah. with yeah. the medical freedom thing. We're like, what? Because we had our daughter have an adverse reaction mm. and it was like, wait, then we've got all these stacked? Uh-oh, we better start looking at options here because we cannot conform to this. Yeah. And then it was, it's it's mind blowing once you start sure. peeling back that, like the weed that pops up in the yard. It's yeah. like, whoa, this stuff's going out of control fast. This didn't exist. That you know, and, and, my, and my sister, is, I, I think you I might know. Might, might know my, yeah, you know my sister. And uh, she's of the same mind, obviously. And I used to call her crazy, you know? Three years ago, I was like, you're nuts. I go, I go, go, go vaccinate your kids. I'm like, you're being ridiculous, you know? And we get into fights over this. I'd be like, dude, take your kids to the doctor and go vaccinate them. And now I'm like, dude, you were right. <laughs> you, know, you were absolutely right. Well, most yeah. guys that have been in the military don't think anything. Oh, yeah. I'm just no, like, dude, you just get in line. And yeah, you get in line and do it. And I was like, look, you know, just come on, go vaccinate your kids, your poor kids. You know? <laughs> and now I'm like, no, they're beautiful, healthy kids without any vaccinations. And now I'm like, shit, I wish I had vaccinated my kids, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I was in the Capitol. There's two things that stuck out to me during that time. Um, I was in the Capitol and they were passing the bill. So, SB 276 was passing through the legislature. It was on the assembly side. I'm sitting on the Senate side knowing that's where it's going to end because the author was a senator. So as it passed over there, and it's going to come back over this side. So I chose to sit in the gallery to watch when it comes over there. Um, They were passing a bill at the same time that would give Californians uh, who who are descendants of slavery reparations. Yeah. Okay, slavery never happened in the state of California, first. Mm. Second, um, the the senator who wrote the vaccine bill to Pan? take away your medical freedom, Senator Pan, he's the last to speak on this discriminatory bill about um, reparations for people who experience discrimination uh, based on their race. While he is writing a bill to take away medical freedom for everyone, and then we've watched as COVID hit, it led to discrimination for people who would not take the vaccine. So he he is doing lip service to not discriminating based on that bill. Mm-hmm. And that bill passes, they you know hit the gavel. And at the same time, you hear this roar because SB 276 had a writer bill attached to it that did not go through the legislative process. Mm-hmm. They attached it midway. It did not go through votes. It did mm-hmm. not go through committees, nothing. It was attached. And so they attached this writer bill with all these additional things that changed the California Department of Public Health code forever for all of us. And there's this roar through the hall because all of the people who were in the assembly side listening and it passed, they came out and they were chanting. And uh, Gavin Newsom's like tagline motto is California for all, right? You probably heard me say this a little bit on that Sunday. Um and so they were chanting, you do not represent a California for all. And you could hear it through the halls. You could hear it so loudly. And then they came in, there's sheriffs, you know, and there's like the velvet rope in the line that you stand in to get in because they count the number of people who are allowed in and allowed out. And they're standing outside those doors. Well, the booming and the pacing, they went past the sheriffs. They started banging on the doors. Then everyone, I have video of it. It's chilling because there's hundreds of mothers and sometimes they would take their kids. So there's lots of kids and mothers and some fathers and they're banging on the door. You do not represent a California for all. The whole room is in an uproar, chanting. It lasted an hour and a half. What did you mean by they would take their kids? Sometimes they would take their kids. To the Capitol. So there's families. Sorry, okay. It's not just people, individuals, but it's like the whole family is there Mm -hmm. at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. So an hour and a half, they shut down the session 
because they continued to chant, you do not represent California for all. And they ended up doing their three call and they'll eventually kick you out. <laughs> um, they'll say, you know, you cannot be here under ordinance, sure. blah, blah, blah. It, but it took them a while. And then they made everyone leave the room. Everyone went downstairs because the caucus, they have their separate sides, even downstairs when they're not in session. So everybody went downstairs and banged on the walls in the hallway for hours. And it was really something that changed me to see that it doesn't matter that they see the impact that it's making. They have an agenda. Yeah. The, the, the ends justify the means to them. Yeah. So what, what would you say locally that we could do to protect ourselves from, from those kind of laws that are coming down or is there anything we can, we can do? Well, I think the main thing is that you cannot assume to be part of the system so uh, uh, what I watched through COVID, and I understand both sides of it, um, but like I said in the beginning, I was not part of those systems. So I already homeschooled my kids. Mm -hmm. I already don't use pedi pediatric doctors because they have an agenda. Their main thing is to vaccinate kids. You take your child to a well-child visit, that's what they're going to do. I think I believe in uh, autonomy, meaning each person gets to decide. Absolutely. I believe in form con informed consent. Mm -hmm. But when you see and recognize that it's absent... You have to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. So each individual person has to now take on this responsibility to really be educated of what the systems are and what those agendas are. And then I see a lot of fighting to stay in part of that system. Mm -hmm. And that's something I completely I struggle with because obviously I'm running for office and you see like people want to nitpick and say there's so much corruption. And I stood in my kitchen, so we'll leap to that. I stood in my kitchen and I thought, I don't feel like I'm going to have a vote, really. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like anyone represents me or my family either. Mm -hmm. And I know that a, a lot of people are not a business owner. There's a lot of people that are not um, ever going to touch being wealthy. And there's a, a lot of people who don't think of themselves as political. But we all are political. We all are impacted by those mm -hmm. laws that they make and the laws that we abide by. So I feel like... There's not a person who represents me. When is that person going to come? Yeah. And so here I am. And here you are. And now you're running in uh, in a pool with two other candidates, correct? Yeah. Aaron Reznor and Kevin Cry. Yeah. So tell me about some commonalities, some differences between the three of you. You know, I mean, you're all seemingly pretty conservative people. Yeah. You know, but what are some differences? Why, why vote for Kimberly Walmers? Uh, I think I am a balanced vote, actually, for the most part. I don't have a lot of influences upon me that would make me compromise mm. because I don't have um, so many roots attached in relationship that would make me look to my peers of how I make a choice. It, I think that there is policy and there's procedure and there is um, ways that are fair when passing things or accepting money and... Um, I I don't know because nobody knows truly other than the individual, but I don't know that people who have deep-rooted relationships or businesses to have losses would not make those same compromises. Uh, I think so. I, I agree with that. I think we saw that with, with Modi and the recall, that mm. a guy that's been in for a while, man, it was... It was like trying to blow him out of there with dynamite, man. Yeah, there's a lot of strings deep. attached to that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think the yeah. same way with Aaron. There's no way she's not compromised, mm -hmm. for sure. 
And if she hasn't been yet, it doesn't mean it can't come. I think that things are going to get worse yeah. out there before they get better. A recession, yeah. a severe recession is coming. Oh, man. So it's coming when, this fall. Yeah. Yeah. And so when businesses are crumbling and people are now affected, and so that's my comment about Kevin Cry, is that until he was touched, and there's something to be said about that in the sense of patriotism of like, do you care and when are you going to act? Mm-hmm. Like in the film, The Patriot, you know, like he didn't care until it was at his doorstep. He sure. kept on telling his son, like, we're not getting involved. Sure. We're yeah. not doing that. And so yeah. many people are that way. Sunshine patriots. Yeah. And so... While I'll cheer for anyone who wakes up and acts, um, I still view that as potentially a compromise or a duck and run uh-huh. to where when it gets too close or too hard or too heavy, then you take what's yours and leave. Sure. Um, so I think that my family is invested in this community. We are not going anywhere. When we look around and we think and have had so many people we know leave the state, um, and I've talked to so many of my friends like Lorena, mm-hmm. and we say, we have community here. Mm-hmm. We we have our families are tied to families. Our kids mm-hmm. are tied to their kids. Mm-hmm. And if we left, even if we felt more safe, we feel like we're leaving families. And so if it, things push comes to shove and we have to rely on our own sustainability, then that's all we have. And wouldn't that be the greatest thing if we could just, and I've said this over and over again, we all have this isolate and insulate. If we could isolate and insulate ourselves and our children from all the madness that's around us. So we might live in California, but we live in the most beautiful part of California, the most beautiful part of the world, I think, with the greatest people. Um, so how can we make it so we are sustainable? How can we make it so we're not dependent on these systems? I love what you said about that. Well, I wasn't part of the system, so you know, I'm not, not really affected by it. I think that's fantastic. You know, How do we all get to the point where we can run businesses, where we can educate our children, where we can live without being influenced by what's going on in Sacramento? You know, And I think there is a way. I, I really do think there's a pathway. So this is why we get pretty pissed off when the Shasta County supervisors say, well, that's not within our purview. That's out of our control. Ah, we can't do anything about that. That's then you got a county down the road <laughs> doing standing up for their people. Yeah, They're like, why you can't know? you stand up for us? And, and that's oh, all, it's out of our hands. That's all we want is for our board of supervisors to say, hey, you know what? There might be all this crap coming down from Sacramento, but we can, we can insulate and isolate ourselves from that. They and, didn't and, even you know? ask the people. They didn't even pause yeah. and ask. Sure. And so that's what I watched horrified that they didn't even ask. They thought that the solution was in the money that the state was given and that the solution was in the policies and the rules that the California Department of Public Health was given. It was September of 2020, or sorry, 2019 that the bill passed. Mm -hmm. I was standing outside the Capitol. People were coming out, standing Which bill are you talking about? I'm sorry. SB 276. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was 2019. It, It literally just passed. Like, word comes, he signed the bill, and my phone rings, and it's the news here. Did not, I'd never talked to them beforehand mm, that true. did not know how or why. My phone rings and I said hello because my kids were being watched by someone here in town. And it's a kid from the news and he says, we heard that the bill passed and we heard that you're at the Capitol. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so it was kind of shocking because a lot of people thought that we had more time. What we did not have is sure. time because March 2020... Here comes COVID Mm -hmm. right after they took away your medical freedom to say no. Mm -hmm. So there is an organization attached to the CDC, uh, ACIP, or (coughs) AC, yeah, ACIP, 
Um, in Georgia, they have a, every four months they have a meeting. So the COVID vaccine will be added to the childhood schedule. It's only a matter of time. Oh, it's a matter of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's not like my whole platform is vaccine stuff, but my whole platform is the individual and autonomy. If you don't have that, even of your business, of your ability to think outside of what the norm and the status quo is, and you're not ta taught and treated like you're an idiot or you're crazy, um, people need to have um, more respect for people who don't want to follow what the system is because the system is going to crumble anyway. It's coming. And... Um, so if we can't be part of that, then we have to understand that communities like ours have to be preserved, whatever that looks like and however long it takes. In the last episode, we saw a very real video of what's to come. I'm not sure if you were watching that yeah. part of it. You know, when guys talk about the nanotechnology, the you know surveillance, surveillance under the skin and these things that... So all these things that we can imagine in our minds or, or create these movies about is actually going to happen. Yeah. Do you know Reagan's speech in the 60s talked about you'll know when your your freedom is crumbling when government takes over every if you allow it to take over Ronald Reagan is how our medical freedoms are gone yeah um, he signed a bill in 1986 that um, made vaccine manufacturers not liable oh, yeah. wow yeah. yeah he was also an actor like Zelensky and a lot of oh, these yeah, other guys. But I'm not going to sit here and dog on Reagan. But that speech, right, that you know? speech yeah. was an important speech, and it's coming to fruition, you know, that he, I think he knew. He, you, you, when you watch the video of him signing that, he looked terrified. Hmm. Like he knew he that. He might have been squeezed on After that the assassination yeah. attempt, um, his uh, wife, what was his wife's name? Nancy, Nancy Reagan, yeah. She was devastated after the assassination attempt and he was really fighting against um a lot of the globalism and new world order type stuff and then after his assassination attempt um he changed his wife loved him so much and like he basically quit fighting for that kind of stuff because his wife begged him you know what i mean i love you and and she really mm -hmm. talked him out of um because she's like you're gonna be dead and i i don't want that and well anyway, yeah he so. he signed a bill for amnesty too after that after <clears throat> he, the assassination attempt you know where he gave all the illegal so he really backpedaled sure. off some of his core well, it's, hard, it's hard to know what you would do if you're in that position and someone says hey we're gonna do who knows what kind of yeah. threats you know are are being yeah. made to you and your family members or your grandkids yeah. and you know it's hard it's hard to really know because, I mean, kill me, who cares? I mean, sure. we'd sacrifice ourselves, but then could you sacrifice your kid or your grandkids? I don't know. It's no. hard to know yeah. unless you're in that position. Yeah. But do you know who uh, um, Yuval Noah Harari is? Just the or, guy that you guys had on. Oh, yeah. yeah, Did yeah. You, were you there? You're watching. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. do you know who the World Economic Forum yeah. is? And, okay, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a so psychopath. You, that's all yeah. real stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they yeah. tell you exactly. The what fact that they're not even hiding it anymore. It's been there they're not hiding for it. a very long time. Those guys. It's pretty spooky. Yeah. So uh, they used to have to sort of hide it in the sandwich, you know. They had to, they had to put your your little pill in your peanut butter, you know, <laughs> and then give it to you. Now it's like, hey, you're eating this, and, and you're gonna like you're gonna it, like you it. know. Yeah. Um, no, and I appreciate that. I appreciate people who have been in this fight for longer than I have, longer than we have, you know, who've sort of seen the writing on a wall a long time ago. And my sister, like I said, was one of these people mm -hmm. who um, who I was always at odds with, you know. But when it comes to medical freedom. That to me is at the heart of freedom, you know, all the way across the board. 
you know, when you start telling me you have to put this in your body, you have to take this, you know, that should be alarming. That should be the most alarming thing because then what's to come? So, you know, guys like us, we're like, oh, they're going to take our guns. They're going to take this. And my ability to run my business. I'm like, yeah, but think about this. If they can make you put something in your body, none of that matters, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so we got to start there. We got to start with that medical autonomy. Yep. That's a really important thing. Well, and, and, and have doctors, and we have doctors in this community that are, that are fantastic, that, that are speaking in your favor, in, in our favor, you know, but they're not being listened to. And during the pandemic, uh, people say, well, what do you want, Karen? What, what could Ramstrom have done differently? What could the public health director could, 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 could she have done differently? Well, she could have listened to the doctors. There's fantastic doctors in this town who were saying, hey, look, this is the way that you should handle this crisis, this pandemic. And it's, it's, I saw one interviewed yesterday that he was one of the, the co-authors of the Great Barrington... I forget that he's from Stanford and it was him, a gal from Oxford and one of the other Ivy league schools. These three uh, wrote this declaration during COVID and, and they're the top three. I mean, more qualified than Anthony Fauci ever thought of being, you know, and uh, they had 10,000 doctors come on and sign with them as to how we should proceed uh, with COVID. Yep. And, and the, uh, Fauci and I forget the other guy that's the head of the NIH. Um, they they both came out right away, man, and started discredit trying to discredit these guys, cut all their funding for any of their research. Mm -hmm. But they kind of held the line. But it was a great it was a great interview, and they they talked about um, that we we did everything during COVID just the opposite of how we've handled any other pandemic or flu in history. And we've handled them successfully. So sure. he so, felt like there was an agenda. Kimberly, I have a question. What, what do you do with a parent, with a single mom or single dad that says, look, I have to work. I cannot homeschool my kids. Mm -hmm. I have to send them to school. In a time, let's say, where the schools are going to say, hey, this is part of the schedule. You're going to take the COVID vaccine along with the other vaccines. That's a requirement. There's no option. What do you say to that parent? What are some options that we have out there for people like that? <clears throat> I think that more and more, if it doesn't exist here or near the person or if they're unaware of it, you have to form co-ops. Mm -hmm. So people take turns <clears throat> basically educating the children together so that the parents that have to work can work. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in that boat, which I am thankful to God every single day that I don't have to put my kids in, in that type of system. But I, I know that it's a need here. It's a desperate need here for a co-op situation yeah. to where that's not going to happen. Because I have parents and mothers ask me weekly mm -hmm. still, how can I get my child exempt? Even from the schedule that exists now. Sure. You cannot. Yeah. You can't. You it cannot. doesn't exist. What do, you see, what do you see happening to the public schools? Because I, I just talked to the superintendent of our schools in Cottonwood, and uh, he's written a letter and just said, basically, he knows, he said to the uh, state, hey, I know our community, and up to 90% of these kids will leave the schools. Right. And it needs to happen. Yeah. It needs to happen. Revolution comes when everybody says no. So what I'm watching is this push where it's frightful, like that psychopath in that video, it's frightful to see people like that step into a position of any type of authority or power or influence mm -hmm. that make people fearful to where they start walking in the chamber themselves. That's what it looks like to me. That's what the last couple of years have looked like. When people think that the system that's created for them to educate their child, to have an income whatsoever, to have medical care whatsoever is the only way they're walking into a willing way to give up their freedom. 
where if you looked at them on paper, they they would have signed away and said, talk about constitution. They'd be like, oh, I'll give up that. Uh, okay, I'll give up that. But we're not really standing with them saying, like, do you understand what you're surrendering? What we surrender to them, and then they turn around in council meetings for the city council and supervisor meetings, and they pat themselves on the back and say the freedoms that they're handing you back. And I'm like, you're the suppressor. You've been a part of the suppression in the first place. I will not cheer for you to hand me back what belongs to me. Sure. And so when people that are watching and people that are questioning, like, how are you supposed to acknowledge that those things are not yours to take away? People have to take responsibility first. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a hard position to be in to try to run and for a position and say, I want you to trust me. I want you to vote for me because I will care about your voice when some of those things you don't have control over. And I I feel like um, there's a Sia video, a music video um, by an artist named Sia. In the beginning of the video, there's all these children that it's like a dark, dank area. And they're all like painted dark and wearing dark clothing. And they're all asleep in like piles on the floor. And she, the little girl that represents the artist, She's awake and she starts singing and she starts running around, touching all of them and waking them up. And i that's the energy I have in me of people to understand the individual is everything. Mm-hmm. Most people need that awakening first inside themselves to have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. The board of supervisors cannot change what you allow. Mm-hmm. City council cannot change what you allow. Going to your other business owners that you are in, imagine if we had the support of business owners in our county. Yeah. If they all stood together, they did not stand together. Mm. They s- divided, and they just some of them were like, "What are they doing?" The same way that some of people in this community look at you all. Mm-hmm. United non-compliance. Instead of acknowledging, because I've I've witnessed that. That's why the vaccine issue is such a core thing. Is because if you don't understand that, you can make your choice. You can say it's fine to me. I think it's going to provide. There's more benefits than there are risk for me and my family. Then you go on. If you want to wear a mask and you feel it's going to benefit you and your family, then you can wear a mask. But you acknowledge the freedom that is imperative sure. for everyone. So businesses that were like, we're going to comply. I'm standing here today to say that the city is doing what they can, and I understand, and my business is going to comply. But please allow choice. Mm. United. Sure. The, the absence of that is what was frightening to me. There was the absence of the individual. Well, there's a whole lot of virtue signaling. I think there's a lot of people who try to hold some kind of moral superiority. Right. By thinking that they were upholding the rules or upholding right. the law, you know, they're the, the rule followers. Where I love the word revolution, you know, because revolution are not caused by rule followers. Revolutions don't get started by people that say, "Okay, I'm just going to follow whatever the state or the government tells me to do." Uh, and I think it is time for a revolution. Uh, I'm glad to have people like you to be to be honest with you. I, I think we need a different way of thinking, you know, because we become so. Um, we're so indoctrinated to, to think that if I'm in government, here are the issues that I need to address. <clears throat> but nothing ever gets addressed holistically. Nothing ever gets mm-hmm. addressed uh, at the level of humanity, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, no, listen, I'm a mother. I'm raising my children. Here's what's best for families, you know. Well, they're going to say, well, you have no political experience. You don't run a business, blah, blah. But you have a lot of common sense. Yeah. And, and you're looking at things from like, no, look, I'm raising four children, you know. I have a husband who's working. I'm, I'm making a way. I'm making this work. I'm managing a household. And I have sense enough to know what's right and wrong. And the that's requirements, we're talking, yeah. We're talking about the qualifications, you know, yeah. like, look, I just want somebody who's going to have integrity, who's going to uphold the Constitution, 
yeah. over and over again. And, and who's going to represent the people that she was elected You know by, who we had representing know? us prior to the recall? We're business owners. Yeah. So the, to have the same, the same, the same, the same, there are business owners sitting on the board. And it, it, as much as you have to run for your district, the board makes decisions whole. So you need a balance. There's the sure. absence of balance. It's not just me as... Um, like this selfish position, I look at it like a sadness. There's a sorrow up there. The majority of people are not represented, mm-hmm. period. And they have not been for a very long time. Sure. So I feel like as much as we can say that like people could nitpick my resume because sure. it's not a standard resume. No, I don't have a business and no, I don't do X, Y, Z. But the actual money posture is an integrity one. Mm-hmm. Do you have integrity over the money? Sure. Oh, yeah. Not do you do numbers every day of your life? Because the people who previously did numbers every day of their life lacked integrity over the money. Well, the guy that was running the board was Modi, and he was a career government guy. And so to some of those people, they think the government is the answer to all. Their, it's a solution mm-hmm. to, to society's problems where, mm-hmm. for me personally, the government's never done anything except... Get, screw things up. Get in my way, you know what I mean? So for and, Modi, and I think it's great to see mothers and fathers. Oh, and just, yeah. Not that you're just an average person, but to see average citizens saying, hey, I want to be part of this process, you know, and I want to represent the people around me and fight for yeah. them. And I think that's a wonderful thing. There's nothing average about you. That's the you know? design. But, but it, is, it is by design, that's you know. indoctrination, yeah. It, it, it is. It's, it's, we think we need these people with these resumes, you know, and people that have crunched numbers their entire lives and whatever. And don't get me wrong. I mean, do I want you to have some business sense when dealing with finances? Absolutely. You know, but I guarantee you, you're doing that in your home, (laughs) you know, 100%. Yeah. So, um, and it is more we, rare. We better like, wrap this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say yeah. it is more rare. Like you, you can advise experts. There's a lot of number experts, but someone under pressure to make a character and good integrity, hold that, hold mm-hmm. that and hold a peaceful place to where they're not, adversarial and can stay objective. That is the rarity that we we hope to put in leadership position. Kimberly, we are going to give you the last word here. You know, we got to wrap it up. up. I just want to say thank you for having me. I don't have any kind of big spiel. I feel like um, there's been so many opportunities and there will be more. And I appreciate you guys talking to me today because all I can do is show up and be who I am. So I just hope that that's you know, see. appreciate that. Yeah. 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 N- nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. To meet you. Thank on. you very much. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we we got to uh, get going because we got another podcast coming on uh, Jefferson state of mind with Terry Raposa and Wynn Carpenter. Make sure to share us. We're, we have no outside funding. So like us, share us. Uh, you can look it up, look us up on Facebook, YouTube, Apple podcasts, Spotify. Most importantly, everything we do is on mountaintop media or uh, mountaintopmedia.com. Everything we do is there. So if we're uh, uh, deleted off any of the other socials, you can look us up there. Um, make sure to uh, go and check out Sovereign Minds and Jefferson State of Mind also, along with our po- great podcast. I mean, they're great podcasts. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Right. Appreciate Thanks. it.